You're listening to the audio preaching podcast of Boulevard Baptist Church in Burleson, Texas, led by Pastor Bob Parker and located just south of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area. In this podcast, you will hear powerful, old-fashioned, revival-style preaching from the pulpit of Boulevard Baptist Church. It is our prayer that you will be helped and inspired by this message. Go with me this morning, please, to the book of Mark, chapter 11, the 11th chapter of the book of Mark. I want to focus in on, on, on four little words that the Lord Jesus mentions here in Mark chapter 11, starting verse 17. And the Bible says, And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him because all the people were uh, astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. That's right, that's earlier in this chapter where the Lord Jesus curses it. And, and Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursedest is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire when ye pray, that's also with faith. Believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. I will tell you that the Lord Jesus surely described every church in America today. We want the blessings of God, but we want the blessings of God without forgiveness. God wants you to be blessed. We cannot have the blessings of God on our terms. We must have the blessings of God on His terms. And by the way, his terms only. Our Heavenly Father, we're grateful this morning for your word. There's a lot in this portion of scripture. But we do ask that you'd help us to focus this morning on the thought of having faith in you. Encourage our faith, strengthen our faith, build our faith this morning. And we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I believe some of the most important words spoken to the saints of God and the word of God by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And by the way, there are many. There are thousands of little phrases that the Lord Jesus mentions in the word of God. We could, uh, we could build entire messages for years and years by just emphasizing a little phrase that the Lord Jesus makes that, that, that has a great principle and a great truth to it. I think at least 
In the top two statements that I believe that are phenomenal is the idea when Jesus tells his disciples to have faith in God. Have faith in God. I would venture to say, and I would say, that we live in troublesome times today, don't we? We live in times where you don't live in the phrase, we're not, Toto, we are not in Kansas any longer. Amen? We're not, we don't have the same country that we had 15, 20, 25 years ago. It is definitely not the same country that I grew up in. It's different. It's different. And our, um, and, our, and our faith, the problems that we're suffering in our country, the battles that we're facing, the things that are happening in our country requires you and I to affirm, as Jesus said, have faith in God. Listen, this, it ain't over until he says it's over. It ain't over. I think we, we, though we live in, I think, trouble sometimes, I think we can live in, that we can live in some of the best times for the local church today. Because it's during troublesome times that God shows his strength the most. It's during the problem times that God reveals himself and his presence is revealed more often than not. You see, because if everything was the old phrase hunky-dory, y'all remember that one? Hunky-dory, everything's fine, everything's hunky-dory, no problems whatsoever. What's the problem? What's the use of having the presence of God if everything is okay? God wants to reveal himself and he no doubt reveals himself when things are going well, but he specializes in revealing himself when trouble comes in your life. God wants to show himself. He wants to show off, if you would. He wants to show what a great God you have. And he wants you to glorify him and honor him. When we say, have faith in God, it's something that we must grab a hold of. Yet I think many Christians disregard the words. We pray for more faith, but we exercise very little faith. We pray, we pray, but don't really expect anything to happen. We live separated lives, but we don't have faith in God. We're more concerned about we're more concerned about what we look like than how good who God really is. Amen. And by the way, I think we ought to look good. I think every Christian ought to look like a Christian. Every, every Christian ought to act like a Christian. Amen. Every Christian ought to talk like a Christian. As though Dr. Roloff used to say, the proof ought to be in the pudding. By the way, you're going to have there's going to be enough banana pudding over there in the fellowship hall in the gym today to feed everybody in Burleson County. So just, there's a ton of, there's a ton of banana pudding over there. Be ready. If you're on a diet, forget it today. Sometimes we can even serve in our churches. We can serve in our church and not have faith. It's possible to teach a Sunday school class and not have faith. It's possible to run a bus route and not have faith. It's possible to sing in the choir and not have faith. It's a, poss it's a possibility to stand behind the sacred desk of God and not have faith. 
God wants us to have faith. Jesus said it, have faith in God. Four times he told his disciples, O ye of little faith. The Bible describes no faith, little faith, some faith, great faith, mountain moving faith. We can go on and on and on and on. God describes faith as something that you and I ought to have. He gave to every man a measure of faith. How did you get saved? By the same amount of faith I had. I was born again when I was nine years old, heard for the first time in my life, heard a message uh, on the true gospel to my knowledge, to my remembrance, and the preacher preached on hell. And that particular morning I knew I was lost and going to go to hell, and I accepted Christ as my Savior that day. A measure of faith that God gave me, and I became, I got born again that day in November of 1969. My name was written down in the Lamb's Book of Eternal Life and it's been there ever since, written by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Living faith, not a dead faith, but a living faith. A living faith is tied to a person and that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. If our faith is tied to anybody but God, it's a dead faith. Living faith is tied to a principle. And that principle is that God is honest. What God said he would do, he promised he would do, and he will do it without fail. He told the church of Philippi, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. I can attest to the fact that God has taken care of me and my wife and our family over these many years together. Have I had needs? Yes. But I'm afraid I've had more wants than needs. And God has provided all of our needs. All of our needs. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that. That principle that God is honest and that he will fulfill every word that he has spoken in his word. God is honest. Living faith is tied to a practice. In the past, God has not failed. Not one time has God failed. Not one time. In our present, our God has sufficient, sufficient to meet every need that you and I have. And we can rest on his word that in the future, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. What a great God we have with this thought of have faith in God and this thought of having a living faith this morning, let me just say, first of all, that living faith surprises the Christian. Surprises the Christian. When I began to exercise faith in God, I had a surprising peace in my heart. Just recently, we, as a church, we just, we just, uh, 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 um, received our, I think, the last of our faith promise commitment. And thank the Lord that I believe if my numbers are correct, and if I'm not, I'll surely be corrected, but I think we've promised $102,000 for the next year for faith promise missions. I thank God. God is good. Now, I remember the first time that I was introduced to faith promise missions. I was just a young person. I was a teenager. I was 17 years of, 17 years of age. And 
I'm sitting at the Capital City Baptist Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, and my pastor at that time, my childhood pastor, Dr. David Halcom, he, uh, he, we had a Faith Promise Missions Conference, much like we had, our, we had it during the week and uh, rather than the month, and we had it during the week. And then at the end of the week on that Saturday, we went from, started Sunday, went from Sunday to Sunday, literally. And then from, uh, on Saturday night, we had, a, um, we had a big Faith Promise Missions banquet and all the teenagers in our church, and we had a bunch of them back then, all the teenagers were dressed up in, in, uh, in, uh, in garb from, from various countries of people that we supported. It was, it was pretty neat. And uh, I don't remember exactly how I was dressed, and if I had a picture, I wouldn't show you anyway. But, um, but uh, uh, we all, we're all dressed up, and, and uh, the young people were serving the dinner that night, and our young people got... Uh, caught up in that missions giving thing and and uh, I, I had a job I worked at a I worked at a um, at, at a car wash and um, and I would uh, I hadn't had my license very long and and I had the privilege of driving driving the cars on the rack you know to send them through you know and um, and I, I would work 20 hours or so a week and in school and in, between, in school and sports and home and homework and getting ready for college and all that stuff and and my pastor uh, uh, passed all these cards, and I remember getting a Faith Promise Missions card. And I, I was having fun during the conference because he was talking about he was talking about giving. He was talking about Faith Promise. And he was talking about this and that and the other. And, and I got a card, and I thought to myself, what do I, what do I have this card? I'm just, I'm just a teenager. That was my thought. Just a teenager. And so um, I didn't fill it out. And that next week, my pastor called me and, uh, at home and he, says, he said, Bobby, uh, would you like to do some visiting with me this week? Because we had some time off from school. I said, sure, preacher, I'll come. I'll, I'll do that. And so he actually came by the house and picked me up and uh, didn't have a car at that time. And he picked me up and we were going out and, and uh, I, it may have been my time frame maybe a little off, but probably a couple weeks, three weeks, maybe after after the conference, and he, he made the statement to me. He said, what did you think about the missions conference? And I said, Pastor, I really liked it. It was, pretty, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, and he said, did you get a faith promise? He didn't know. He said, did you, get, did you fill out your faith promise missions card? And I said, uh, oh, was I supposed to fill that out? And he said, well, yeah. Well, yeah. I said, well, Pastor, I don't have any money. I just lied. He says, you got a job. I said, yeah, but I don't have any money. He says, what do you do with your money? I said, I spend it. He said, do you tithe? I said, uh, no, don't have any money. He says, but you have a job. I said, yeah, I spend it. And he decided about that time, he was going to put about four or five extra visits that we were going to make that day. So for two hours, my preacher preached to me about faith promise and tithing, Brother Gary. So I don't know if I was convicted by the Holy Spirit or I was convicted by my pastor. But either way, God got a hold of my heart. And I had to look at myself at that point and, and I began to, 
I began to, every time I got paid, I would, I would put a tithe in and put my faith promise in. I'm just saying to you that when I began to exercise faith in God, as even as a teenager, I had a surprising peace of God that God would take care of everything about my life. It'll surprise you. When you step and you act out on faith, It'll surprise you about what God can do. You will think, I never knew God could do this. It's because you never acted out on faith before. And God wants us to step out on faith and to walk by faith, to trust him by faith. And everything about our life is about faith in God. That's why Jesus said, have faith in God. It'll surprise you. It'll surprise you what God can do. It'll surprise others. Having faith in God will cause people they often be amazed at what God can do. They're not seeing God work in their life, but they're watching God work in your life, and they're shocked at what God can do. There was a missionary by the name of George Mueller. He had a, he had a children's home. He was a Baptist preacher, and he realized a number of children that were, that were, um, uh, that were, uh, that were living on the streets and orphans. And George Mueller opened up this home. And at any given time, he could have up to 200 kids in, that, in his home. And, and every morning they would wake up. And I don't know how many had this particular, at this particular time, but they were, they were do, they'd get up, they do their chores, they do whatever they were supposed to do. And they came downstairs or came to the table. And George Mueller and his wife, they had, they had all the tables set. They had the table set, and, uh, and there was no food on the table. They had nothing. There was no food in the home whatsoever. And those kids were, those kids were looking, and George Mueller, as they were talking for a moment, George Mueller said, let's bow our heads and ask God's blessings on that which he's going to get ready to provide. And George Mueller bowed his head and prayed along the line, Lord, we thank, you for the, uh, we thank you for your divine provision that you're going to give us today. And as he began to pray about a few other things, right in the middle of his prayer, there was a knock on the door. As he goes to the door, George Mueller says he opened up the door and he saw a man, a grocery store man, uh, that had a bunch of uh, uh, food that was left over, eggs and, and bacon. And what happened was that his, his, the, the ice had not been delivered. And so all these things were going to go bad. And, and he was given literally bags and bags and boxes and boxes of groceries. And all those kids came to the door and they pulled all of that in. And those kids were amazed at what God did. You see, your faith in God may amaze may, a shock and amaze other people if you see what God can do. He needed ice and he was going down the road. He was walking down the road in the middle of the town and, and you know, back then they had ice boxes that they delivered ice to the ice boxes. And a back, uh, old ice fell off the back of the truck and George Mueller shouted to the driver, we, you lost your ice, you lost your ice. And he pulled the horses back and he got off and he says, he says, Mr. Mueller, he said, I, I, I can't take that, that ice. He says, would you like to have it? And Mr. Mueller fell to his knees on the streets. And he said, oh God, thank you for your provision today. 
faith will surprise you. What God can do in your life and what God wants to do in your life, but you've got to act out on faith. I didn't say act out, I said act out on faith. Where we trust God, we believe God, we honor God, we act upon his word and we say, Lord, thus saith the Lord and God provides. This next year, you're going to be tempted to not give your faith promise. You trust God. You didn't make the promise to church. You made that promise to God. And you let God take care of you. You let God provide. And if you didn't get in on faith promise, hey, get in. The water is okay. It's perfectly warm. We have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to see what faith can do and what faith can do in your life, what faith can do in our church. It'll please God. For without faith, we cannot please God. We must act on faith. We live by faith. We serve by faith. We're saved by faith. And by all means, we ought to walk by faith. Living faith will not only surprise the Christian, but the living faith will stir the Christian. I think about Andrew. He heard Jesus preach. And Andrew got born again. He met the Messiah. And the first thing that is said about about Andrew is this. He first findeth his brother. That faith that he put in Christ stirred him to go tell his family about the Savior. I ask you a question this morning. Does your family know you're a Christian? Does your family know that you're born again? Have you ever told your family about Christ? Have you ever given them a gospel witness? Have you ever given them a gospel track? Our faith ought to stir our hearts to tell others about Christ. Wherever we, wherever we are, wherever we're going, It'll stir our hearts to talk to our neighbor. It'll stir our hearts to talk to the, the, grocery, the grocery clerk. I went yesterday to get a haircut. Brother Randall said, I don't have any hair to cut. I got a haircut. I went down the American, to the American barber shop. I walked in there, I was sitting there, and the lady said, I forget her name. I think her name's Kathy. She'd been there 20-something years. Her husband owned it, and he's, he's home, not well. And uh, I sat in the chair. She says, what brings you to Burleson? My answer was God. She said, well, that's a good answer. I said, it's the only answer. I said, I'm a new pastor at Boulevard Baptist Church. She says, I know where that church is. And I said, and I called her name. I said, do you know Jesus Christ? He's your personal Savior. There's a bunch of folks sitting on the bench over here. You know, they're sitting on the bench. And, and there's another lady over here. I had to be real careful because I didn't want to shock her because she was giving somebody a haircut. I wanted to go, didn't want to do that to her. I didn't want to have that to happen. And, uh, and I said, do you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior? She told me she does. And I think if, if that's true, I thank God for that. Listen, if you're saved... It ought to stir you to talk about it. We don't need Christians with lockjaw. We need Christians with flappy jaws that tell everybody 
about somebody that could save anybody at any time. That's what we need. A stirring faith will cause us to rejoice in what, in what, we, what we have. A stirring faith will make us see the needs of others. Jesus said, or Paul, or I'm sorry, uh, James said, uh, and some uh, jump, some having compassion, uh, making a difference. Making a difference. And this stirring faith will make us see what God is, that God's not limited. And let me remind you, dear people, this morning, God's not limited in your life. And God is not limited in our church. We have a great God that can do great things. And I don't know about you, but by faith, I expect him to do exactly what he says he has already promised he will do. In our church, in your family, in your marriage, raising of your children, I expect God to work on your behalf. I don't question whether he will. I expect him that he will. And you ought to expect the very same thing because expectation is faith. Anything else is doubt. Let's not doubt God. Can we say amen right there? Let's not doubt God. This living faith stabilizes the Christian. There's something about faith that says and whispers in your heart, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be, everything's going to be okay. It gives us a steadfastness in our times of storms. You've had some. Your family has gone through personal storms. I don't have to, I don't have to go into your life and tell you that, that you haven't because you know better than that. Every Christian walks through storms, heartaches and tragedies and difficulties and sorrow. But faith in God gives us steadfastness in the midst of that storm. And who knows that God may stand up and he looks across, us, across the, the deep sea and he looks at the sea in the storm of your life and he says, peace be still. And that storm becomes as a glass. And God works in a unique way to walk you through that storm of life that only God can. Quit focusing on yourself and your own strength. Focus on God and his power and his presence and his ability and his desire. You see, living faith stabilizes the Christian. It doesn't mean there's not pressure. It doesn't even mean at times there's not anxiety. It just means that we know in the spite of all that we're going through, God is in control. Have faith in God. It produces a steadfastness in our times of our weaknesses. Sometimes these bodies get a little weak, don't they? The older you get, the more aches and pains we have. Can you say amen right there? stabilizes us because faith is not about the physical faith is about the spiritual and then may I just say that this living faith will not only stabilize the Christian but it will sustain the Christian 
It is to stain the Christian. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13, Paul said, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, put ye like men, be strong. Be strong. Didn't say be weak. He said be strong. Be strong. It gives us power to overcome. Faith will give strength. It gives power to stand. That's why he said stand fast. It gives power to be bold. That's why he said quit you like men. If we're not careful, we'll focus on the problem and not focus on the source of the problem. If all you do is focus on the issue, you're going to struggle your whole life. We have a God that's bigger than your issue, bigger than your problem, bigger than your struggle. And I don't know what God will or will not allow in your life, but I do know this. Whatever God allows, he'll walk you through it. And no matter what happens, you'll be able to say, I have a good God and a wonderful salvation. Living faith, not something dead, but something that's alive. Alive and good. Thank God for faith. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast of Boulevard Baptist Church in Burleson, Texas. For more information about our ministries, please visit our website at www.blvdbaptistchurch.org. God bless you as you serve him today.